You're listening to the Coach T Podcast, hosted by my dad. Welcome to another edition of the Coach T Podcast. My name is Isaiah Thomas. Appreciate all the love and support from all my wrestling fanatics out there. When I set this journey up uh, two years ago, I mean, I think we all had our (laughs) things going on during COVID and things like that. But it was really cool to finally work up the courage to share my story about wrestling, how much it means to me, and being able to reach out and talk to these coaches and athletes that I admire immensely. And I got a great treat for you today. Mr. Four-time state champion from the Rockford Rams, Mr. Kyle Waldo. Kyle, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. I love this podcast, so I'm excited. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I learned most of my stuff from JJ. You know, I had a podcast with him <laughs> recently, and, and JJ was the one that kind of, I was like, I could do this. I could, I could do this. And then it's interesting we were having our conversation about how different it is when you're doing a podcast versus just interviewing so to speak like having casual conversation because when you're in the mode of interviewer it's just a different mindset versus like we're just sitting at the table and talking about wrestling if that makes any sense no 100 percent. i did a michigan grappler podcast with jj in the basement of his parents house and it was early it was really early and i remember sitting there and i'm like man I was like, this is such a different feel, <laughs> you know, like when you're actually getting recorded. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You got to watch all the swear words and everything mm-hmm. else. You know, my mom might listen to a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad's probably going to listen to this one. I'm very careful. <laughs> right. um, so me and Kyle go back. Um, we were just kind of talking. I obviously got to watch him compete uh, in that run because uh, at that time, uh, Connor Yutzi from Mason, you guys had wrestled each other, and mm-hmm. and Connor's a good good guy. Love that guy. Uh, Three timer from Mason, uh, great wrestler in his own right. Um, I, I believe you you might have wrestled that. What's his name? Uh, Terrence Frank from Grand Blank. Remember watching sure. him wrestle a little bit, and just you were one of those wrestlers that I can remember. It was, you were just so difficult to score on. I I think the word would be stingy, and you were. <laughs> Like you didn't want to give anything up. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Why- oh, go ahead. Kyle. No, no, yeah, absolutely. It, it really just comes from. And JJ actually just talked about this last night to our uh, freestyle guys. Um, but it just comes from Craig Shudich and our practices at Extreme. Like my partners mm-hmm. were Jackson Morris, Jordan Thomas, Tyler Kessering, who all won three state titles. So yeah. I didn't want to give up a takedown, and it just comes from the practice room. And obviously I'm not a very strong person. Like I wasn't lifting huge weights. So it's got to be smarter and want it more really. And that starts in the practice room. We talked about that all the time. If you're willing to give things up in here, you're probably going to give things up in the weekend. So it was a great mindset. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Great words of wisdom there. I, I, I just remember you wrestled a kid. God, was it from, um, not Brighton. I think it was, no, was it Pizzo? Pizzo yes. from Brighton. Yeah, yes. well, you guys had these like magnificent scrambles, but you wouldn't give anything up. You know? Yeah, it was. I first of all, I love the Pizzo family. They're amazing. They're amazing. I love Grant. But yeah, I remember the regional final match. I wrestled him in the regional finals my senior year and the state finals. And I was going to wrestle him, I think, earlier in the year or the year before. But I blew, I hurt my knee really bad junior year. But I remember going into those matches. He was so strong, and I was like, you know. He got in on one shot, and I scrambled out of it. And after that, I knew it was over. So I was like, mm-hmm. man, I was like, now I can attack freely because I know that even if I give my legs up, I'm going to be fine. So I can mm-hmm. really go after him. 
but I tried to not wrestle him on our feet. He was, he was really strong. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned your senior year, the regional finals. If I remember correctly, that was at Lansing Everett. The greatest which... regional final. Sorry. The greatest regional final of all time. <laughs> it's a great school, man. I went there. I'm a Viking alum. I'm going to my, my class reunion this weekend. So. No way. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yeah. It's it's going to be a good, good time. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I remember because you, um, you wrestled Angel Reyes mm-hmm. from, from Lansing Everett in that tournament, who was a returning state placer from the year before. In the semis. Uh, yeah. Sure. And, uh, and, and then you wrestled Pizzo. So uh, one of the greatest, I mean, you're one of the, I want to say there's 31, I'm probably off on this, four-time yeah, team champions. <laughs> but but you're in that elite company. You went on to uh, wrestle at the University of Nebraska, then then Central Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm sure you'll get into the podcast. But then we reconnected actually at the uh, Detroit Catholic Central tournament uh, yep. back when I was coaching at Western, uh, when we had some some pretty good kids in the the Shaners and uh, Shaner and Cross wrestled in the finals of yeah. the tournament. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, it's a hell of a match, hell of a match. I wish uh, I, I'm hoping to go back to that tournament. I'm hoping to go back to that tournament with our Catholic Central team. And I feel like we don't really get the exposure against the East side guys very often, especially in West Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, but you really got to open up. You got to be willing to, to go down there and, and wrestle a lot of tough matches when you travel. Yeah. There. And I think that we definitely need to do that. I love that tournament. A lot of uh, it's, it's one of my favorite tournaments and it is, I mean, I talked to Mitch about this, uh, this DCC's coach and it, it's basically like, tougher than the state tournament because you have so many good teams so many good athletes so many good coaches on a 16 person chart like yeah from all over <laughs> multiple divisions multiple well, divisions know, a lot of kids that you might only see at that tournament mm-hmm. you know? i remember kevon davenport wrestled devin schroeder yes in the finals of that tournament yep yep and i remember and quick story about this i was thinking about this a couple years ago but kevon was up uh, I think Devin might have been up one to zero going into the third period, and it was Kevon's choice. But I remember looking over at Mitch. Mitch looked at Kevon and he immediately said, "You're going down." And I kind of looked at Mitch because I think Kevon was going to take Devin down. No joke. I was pretty. I was pretty concerned. I'm like, I don't know if he can hold him off for two more minutes. And then Mitch went down, and Devin tilted him in the east and tilt three times. We won nine to one. But I remember I was so confused. <laughs> I was like, but that to me said a lot. And I kind of changed how I started coaching things. So mm-hmm. I was like, Mitch isn't here just to win this match. He's like going to give him an opportunity to wrestle the best wrestler on top in the state of Michigan. And if you want to win, you're going to get away. I was like, wow. I was like, I gained a lot of respect for Kevon and, and Mitch after that mm-hmm. tournament, especially. But that's the kind of stuff. That's the reason why we go there. That's why we go mm-hmm. to DCC to have experiences yeah. like that. So. And you gotta, I don't know, you, one of the things we always try to do our schedule, we try to hit everybody and we try to, but the big thing is, if you're going in undefeated into districts against a tough, like, sometimes it's a schedule, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you should be taking a loss or two because you're seeing some pretty tough kids. And if you end up going undefeated, then my hat's off to you. I, I right. remember um, Noah Shaner's sophomore year at CC, he went 0-2. <laughs> It was the last tournament in his high school career that he did not place at. Right? Do you think that was a catalyst for him? I, I most definitely. After that, 
all his um, anxiety, his emotions, like he started to really just focus on this is the stuff I'm good at and I'm going to get good at this for my feet and I'm going to get to my feet. I'm going to be the terror and, and be the aggressor. I'm not going to let my emotions get the best of me. After that, it just, he wrestled with so much, just more relaxed and, right. and calm. But, but if he doesn't, if he doesn't go 0 and 2 at CC, I don't think he makes it to the finals as a sophomore. And I don't think he wins it as a junior. Yeah. It takes things yeah. like that. That's what it takes. I mean, yeah. I remember, we used to try to. I mean, we used to try to take our teams back then, especially um, down to Breck, Breck Ridge, I think, or Brecksville, Brecksville, yeah, Brecksville, Ohio. And I remember Schroeder went like one and two, the, his junior year, and I'll never have seen anything like it. But he came off the mat. I was like, I don't know how to win anymore. And we're like, What are you <laughs> talking about, man? You're a two-time state champ. You just won Flow Nationals like four months ago. Like, what do you what do you mean? Or you know, a couple months ago. I was like, What do you mean? You know, but after that, he noticeably changed. It was like mm-hmm. the pressure was off. You know, right. he got beat, he got exposed, and now he can just focus and wrestle. But we need experiences like that. You need it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you gotta be gotta get knocked down and get back up again. Right. So. Like a kind of like McCallery's match in the finals against Wilson at 103 mm-hmm. this past year. Like, yeah, Wilson rolled everyone the entire year, and McCallery was able to take him into deep waters. He's never been there. He hasn't been there in 40 something matches. He'd never been there. And you got to have those moments. You know, it's, what happens if someone takes you into deep water on the biggest stage? You know, you got to be ready for that. And there's only one way to get ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> training, training, training. So I, we always get, how did you get involved in this great sport of wrestling? Um, first grade Grandview elementary over at Granville. Uh, you know, they, you know, they, we had like these shoe boxes and they put, tons of flyers and stuff in there we just i just throw it in my backpack take it home i wouldn't pay attention my dad pulled one out and it was like football i think there was football in there wrestling like you know the youth stuff that they have and my dad's like oh look at this you want to wrestle and i was like what's that and he's like says you can win a medal and i was like i'm in i'm in 100 i'm in i don't even know what it is so we went to granville middle school tom kreps was the coach there and I remember, him, oh, absolutely. And an absolute legend. And the guy was nuts. You know, I'm five years old, I think, or six or something like that. And he was pretty hardcore. And when we're learning double eggs, it's all we learned for like two or three weeks. I went to my first tournament at Granville Middle School. I placed second out of three kids, I think. Got a medal. <laughs> I wore it on my neck for like four days. And the rest is history. I think I went to Chuck E. Cheese, actually, 100%. I went to my cousin's birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese, my medal flying around my neck. Oh, my gosh. What? How much did you weigh in first grade? Uh, 38 pounds. <laughs> I mean, so you're, I'm picturing it might have been 41. 38-pound guy with this huge medal plugging into Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, absolutely. I think I had my singlet straps up with some shorts on. Like, I didn't know, really know what the style was, but I was sold, man. I'm serious. And then after that, I think I didn't win a whole lot my fresh, my first year. And it obviously, it wasn't the focus, but it was all freestyle. I had no idea what I was doing. I think I was hitting switches and sit-outs and stuff like that, like in freestyle, losing. Mm-hmm. And then the second year, I started winning. I think I won every match I wrestled in except against Alex Gordon. From Shelby, mm-hmm. Alex beat me yeah. every time. But <laughs> uh, Alex Gordon, another state champion. Yeah, um, he probably uh, from beat Shelby and went times. to Rockford. Yep, he was a legend, man. The guy, the kid, uh, he beat me probably 25, 30 times. 
when I was a kid. I only ever beat him once, but I never beat him again after that. <laughs> I was, it's funny you mentioned Alex Gordon. I was just talking, uh, this was like 15 years ago when I was doing uh, roughing freestyle. And I remember when we were roughing together at Lansing Eastern. And I said, how do you know me? He's like, I remember watching you wrestle at the Palace. Every time they said Isaiah Thomas, you were out there and you got this big cheesy grin and you're throwing everybody. I'm like... Wow, you got a great memory there, kid. Yeah, I mean, you, you have a hell of a name, Isaiah, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably how I first met. I think Randy was like, you know Isaiah Thomas, right? I was like, yeah, the bad boys. She's like, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, trust me, it didn't work on my wife. She still, I don't, I had, I made her watch the 30 for 30 bad boys documentaries. We're still, I think she knows who Dennis Robin is right now. And that's about first. <laughs> hey, that's me. Can't you see? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it is a good name, and it, it, it has helped me some and keep keep me in everybody's memory books. Cause I don't think if I played basketball, I would have the same uh, uh, people around me, so to speak. I was good at it. <laughs> <Probably. that is. laughs> um, so, so you get started in first grade, and then you go to Rockford. What made you have this idea or this goal of I'm going to win four state titles? Um, well. I would say first through eighth grade, I was in Granville. And uh, mm-hmm. as I was coming up, we started getting better. And, you know, JJ, Ben Bennett, the Armok brothers, like everybody, we were all training together. But um, I went, this is this is where it comes from. I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. But I went to a tournament down in Ohio, a freestyle tournament. And I wrestled Logan Stieber, um, <laughs> second or third round. And I beat him. And I remember losing the semis. I don't know who it was. I think Ben Sargent, another kid from Ohio. Pin me in a quarter. I'll never forget it. Pin me in a quarter, Nelson. I went to the backside, won my first match, and then Logan teched me in like 25 seconds the next match. Jeez. And I lost my mind. And Logan's dad came up to my dad and said, hey, you had to come down and train. So I was like, well, of course, you know, we're like nine. And we went down there. We started training with the Jeff Jordans. So we got David mm-hmm. Taylor, Colin Palmer, Logan Stever. Like these are my training partners. And it was just, it came from them. And it came from guys like Brent Metcalf, like, Logan, David, Colin, like these guys were training very specifically. They were going to win four state titles. They're going to win four national titles and they're going to be Olympic gold medalists. Like this is what they're doing. So it's kind of like, it would be ridiculous for me not to also have the same goals and think I can train with them because they take training very seriously. So when we came back home, Tom Bennett, Ben Bennett, myself, we sat down and we set that goal when I was like nine years old, I wrote it on a piece of paper. And I said, this is what I'm going to do. And it, it might, might sound cocky, but anybody that's won four will tell you, like, it wasn't a surprise, man. Like, this is what we trained for, and this was an expectation for me from the very beginning. You know, mm-hmm. So when, every time I stepped out in the mat at the palace, like, I'm supposed to be here in this match. Like, this, this is nothing new, you know. But that's where it comes from, you know, growing up and being around the right people, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you think that each state title was progressively more difficult to win? Mm. first one um first one was decent like it's so hard for me to to be honest about it and and not sound cocky but from my memory the first one wasn't very hard and i got the flu the day of the state finals and i barely beat a kid i tech followed the weekend before at regionals and i beat him two to one in like a 20 second reversal my sophomore year i was way 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 too big i was bigger than everybody it was decently tough to keep my weight down but 
wasn't any tougher. And then my junior year, when it bumped up to 112, I basically lived in JJ's garage with his dad, lifting weights all summer. And that was the mm. toughest one by far. Because I had wrestled right. Justin Fleeson in the quarters, who was the returning state finalist, lost to Zach Jones from Heartland. Yeah, but yeah, it was just a different mindset. And I was kind of scared that year, my third year. I wasn't really sure. And, you know, a lot of people, I wasn't really sure if I was ready, you know, like if I could handle the big boys in my eyes. And after I beat Fleeson, it was very clear to me that I was supposed to be there. So, but yeah, senior year was very fun. I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that the, the people that I've talked to before that have won four state titles, um, one had mentioned that when, when he won the fourth one, it was like this big monkey was off his back that he had achieved this goal that he had set out. And progressively there was always like pressure, but it wasn't pressure that he couldn't handle. But after he won the fourth one, he let all that emotion show um, <laughs> that, that, man i did it this is this is pretty cool you know because because we all know all the work that's put in there that people don't see the behind the scenes stuff whether you're going whether it's your practice or another practice your nutrition your lifting uh not going to those parties that you want to go to not going to certain mm-hmm. sporting events and stuff like that the sacrifice you have to make to achieve that goal and then it happens and it's like man i did it i'm here can't believe it it's awesome there's actually a a video of me on youtube getting interviewed afterwards and you stick a camera in your face and i'm still crying but i i tell people that is exactly how it feels like i feel like i can breathe again but at the same time it was kind of sad because it was over you know like i remember crying and i wasn't crying because i was so happy i was crying because it was sad that it was over with like what a ride man like my entire life every single day of my life was dedicated to that one moment and we were there like it makes me emotional just thinking about it but then you start thinking if you're a champion of course like i think everyone thinks this now what you know mm-hmm. now what and i'm like man like i hope i can motivate myself again you know to chase down <laughs> that next goal because it took so much to get to that you know right. but you're right man you're right i think i think the level of wrestling is a lot higher nowadays you mm-hmm. know especially watching the youth kids but it was still just as special. On a way to send out Coach Reinhardt. Um, yeah. Who, who's a legend in his own right. And I heard he never wrestled before in his life, at least that's what JJ told me. I don't believe it. never it. has. Never has. <laughs> never, I, when I gave my speech at the Hall of Fame in 2019, uh, Rockford, Coach was sitting in the front row. And I remember during my speech, I was like, he didn't teach me anything about wrestling. And everyone kind of laughed and it was a little uncomfortable. But I was like, but he was – sorry, I keep hitting my mic. But he was the guy that we needed. Like, we didn't need, like, you know, of course it would have been nice to have Roy Hall in the room, but we didn't. But what we needed was a father figure to help us be disciplined, to help us give us structure, you mm-hmm. know, to give us routine, and to help us, you know, understand what, what moments are important and, you know, and how to bounce back, you know, how to win a team state title and bounce back emotionally in the next week and still put six kids in the finals. Yeah. Know? Like things like yeah. that. That's that's what he was good at, and I love him forever for that. Managing all those personalities and holy just, cow! I, like I've like I've told people before, when in coaching, much easier to coach kids that are already motivated, and your job is pretty much just to stay out, steer them in the right directions because they know what they need to do. Right. You know, it's it's about the motivation, setting them up with with schedules and things like that. And when they need the motivation, they they usually can motivate themselves, but giving them that that goal like hey if we want to get here we got to do this this and this and 
And more often than not, those those great kids know how to do it like yourself. Right. I think that's what it takes to be great. You know, you need to be self-motivated. You know, I think oh, yeah. I think it's tough. Like you said, it comes from our younger years. You know, what messages are we hearing, you know, at your club or your school? Like, what's the message being taught, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. So, um, you, after you guys, because you were a junior All-American um, in Fargo. Yep. Seventh place. <laughs> when you were when you were thinking about man i i think i want to do this whole wrestling and college thing what were some of the places that you looked at initially before you settled on Nebraska? um man realistically i had a lot a lot of letters and a lot of interest um after fargo and only after fargo i didn't get i don't think i got a single nobody really wanted me i don't think people were kind of not sure I didn't wrestle my junior year. Basically I was like 16 and one to end the season. I mm-hmm. uh, had like a small tear in my MCL. My meniscus was torn, which I didn't get repaired until after I graduated high school, but, and I sat out the whole year. So I'm skinny. I'm not very strong. I'm injury prone. I don't wrestle freestyle. So, and I haven't really performed in the national scene. So it's funny because I always tell people, yeah, I won four state titles, but like my, I didn't have tons of options. I really didn't. And I didn't have a, you know, 4.0. So I didn't have the plus side of it. And so it was Michigan State, Michigan, Eastern, Nebraska, Cornell. Uh, I wanted to go to Stanford and, or Duke really bad, but I didn't have the grades for that. And then it was Illinois, Ohio State. But it came down to Michigan, Eastern Michigan, and Nebraska. But when Paul Donahoe was at Nebraska and I watched him win at the Palace, my mind was made up. It mm-hmm. really was. And I went on a recruiting visit to Michigan after uh, my junior year. And I'm sitting next to David Taylor in the front row watching Notre Dame game and Logan Steber. So it's kind of like, man, <laughs> like, I'm sitting here. And I'm like, I don't know about this one. <laughs> I could be there with these guys. Right. I'm here. I was like, what's the point? But when Paul mm-hmm. won the national title, I was like, I want to be a cornerster. And I went and visited three times on unofficial, like on my own dollar. Like I had to see what it was all about. And every time I went, I was like, this is my home, you know, and I still feel that way. I still love Lincoln. So. <laughs> great place. Great place. And what was it like being coached by Mark Manning, who you can't say enough great things about him and being teammates with guys like Jordan Burroughs? Yeah. I mean, it was a, a definite culture shock and, but Mark Manning, man, I just felt like I didn't know anything about wrestling. Like when I, when I went in there, the first three, I went June 6th and I came home sometime or before August, I think early August. So I was there all summer after my senior year. When I got there, like I didn't score a single point, I don't think for three months. And we were just going over these positions that I already knew and Manning was just breaking them down. And I was like, man, I feel like I don't know anything about wrestling. Like he, he was that good, really good motivator. But I think the mm-hmm. biggest thing with Manning was he was really in touch with his athletes. There was a number of times he would walk in and sit down and be like, how are you guys feeling today? And we were all super sore and worn out. And he'd be like, you know what? Cold tub day. Go jump in the cold tub for 20 minutes and you guys can go home. Just little things like that. Just knowing when he's working us too hard and programming things so that we can last and be competitive at the national tournament, not just be competitive in December and January. You know? Right. But yeah, and Jordan Burroughs in itself, um, when I got recruited in Nebraska, 
um, I went to uh, some gathering or whatever Paul Downhill brought me. And, you know, I didn't drink alcohol, none of that. And I was pretty uncomfortable. I didn't really know how to, you know, I wasn't good socially. I look over in the corner and Vince Jones and Jordan Burroughs were sitting in the corner. And Jordan's like, come on over here, dude. Because he knew who I was. And he mm-hmm. invited me, you know, over there and I sat down. We played some cards. And he's like, you don't have to drink if you don't want to, man. You can chill with us. And I was like, oh, man. Like that, that to me, at that moment, I was like, yeah, I'm in the right place, man. Like I got people right. here that have the same goals that I do, that have my back, you know, that are willing to be outliers and not just go with the flow, you know. And Jordan, outside of that, spent quite a bit of time with him, and he's an amazing guy, man. Amazing guy. He's always treated me super well. Well, gosh, what, a, what an experience. So you spent a year at Nebraska, right? Yeah, I spent a year and like a month probably. Um, but during the year, and I, I've talked about this before, but – I just didn't really understand the process of like what college wrestling was. Like I didn't understand why you would redshirt and I didn't understand. I just didn't understand. I wasn't, I didn't buy in. I wasn't bought in, you know, I was pretty spoiled. I think at Rockford when a lot of things were, would, you know, be centered around me, especially my senior year. And when I went there, you're redshirt. I'm not starting. Um, I'm beating really, really good kids at open tournaments, really good kids. I'm beating my teammate who started ahead of me. I'm beating them every day in practice very badly. And I was just like, I want to win now. Like, I want to wrestle now. The time to win is now for me. And the coaches are like, no, it's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Well, Mike Greenfield, who recruited me, who I was very close with, he took an AD job in Illinois after my first year there. Jason Mester, and he left the program to go to Missouri. And he, he was sitting right next to me. Every practice almost. He was like really the only coach I had that I thought was very invested in me, and he left. Mm-hmm. So they brought in Jason Powell, and Jason and Powell and I didn't click that well, um, but that was more because of my stubbornness. You know, I, I wasn't having a good time, and I decided to leave, and we went to Stutcher, Michigan later that year. So, Yeah, the go from one Hall of Fame coach to another one in Tom Borelli. Yeah, and they're, very, they're so different. They're so different. And – uh I loved Coach Borelli with everything in my heart. I love that guy. You know, even after I got hurt my freshman year, we're talking like years later, he would text me and check up on me every time I'd see him. You know, we took our wrestling club to their dual meet and he handed us all posters and came down and said hi to the kids and stuff like that. Just, and no other coaches have done that for our club, you know. And Coach Borelli is truly one of the greats, man. He, he demands excellence, but he's also a very passionate and compassionate guy. So, Mm-hmm. It's interesting how you compare like uh, Coach Manning and Coach Borelli, how they're both master motivators, but they do it their own way. Exactly. Yep. You know, Coach Borelli was a military guy. You know, Coach Manning's just a little, just crazy enough to be fun, but also serious, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Can we all just be crazy enough to have a little fun? Yeah. You know, right. some of the things he would say during practice, like it would, it'd be hard to be serious sometimes because we just start laughing. <laughs> You know, uh-huh. he's got so many, like a lot of times he'd be like, he's tougher than a $5 steak. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> or every morning, well, like, time to make the donuts, man. Time to make the donuts. And I like, coach, it's five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have any donuts. Oh, yeah. So after your competitive career is over, you, you're back in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, how'd you end up at GRCC? Uh, I was training a kid by the name of Nate Limix. Um, a lot. We were wrestling six practices a week, I think for 14 weeks straight 
going into mm-hmm. his sophomore year. I mean, the amount of time that him and I put in, it's no surprise. He didn't lose a high school match again the rest of his career. Only one at Super 32 to Gerard Verclaren, who won uh, a world championship, actually, like a couple months before that. But mm-hmm. Nate transferred to CC, and I also heard that JJ was there. And Devin was there, and BJ, who coached me in middle or in high school on the Dizzy Duels teams. And mm-hmm. Terry Limix was like, what do you think about coming and just kind of, you know, being a training partner? And I was like, yeah, I mean, that seems ideal. So that's how I started. I was just a training partner for the first three years. I would work with the kids, you know, here and there. But when you have a guy like JJ Johnson in your room, I don't want to, I don't want, I'm not going to put my own opinion on things. You know, I'm going to show what JJ's showing. Mm-hmm. I do have that respect for JJ more than a lot of people. But, um, <laughs> but it was, that's how I got started. And then JJ left um, to go back over to Brighton. And then I joined the staff full time in like 2014, I think. Mm-hmm. And you guys had uh, pretty great success, uh, obviously with Nate Lemmix and Cole Krause and Devin Schroeder. It's it's interesting. So BJ, he was coaching at Northview when I was in high school, and I wrestled a kid from his team, Adam Pish, and we used to kind of joke about Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Pish. So the first time I wrestled Adam was at the Heartland Team Duels, and I remember I went to do some type of the suicide cradle ended up on my back and I was down five to nothing. Well, fast forward, I ended up getting some sort of, you know, throw to go into overtime. And then I think I just got like a really funky takedown and won the match. Two years later, we're in the regionals. I'm wrestling in the first match because I took fourth at the district. And you know, I'm sure he remembered because I ended up losing six to two. But, you know, so it's, That's but, tough, well, it was a dude. nice yeah, it's Going a nice story like that, you know. Yeah, like hey, two years later, here we are. We're both at one eighty nine. We're one seventy one pounders. Two years ago, how did we get so big? <laughs> what happened, dude? And he was bigger than me too. I might add, I was a small. I weighed about eighty two, eighty three. I was really normally the best in kids that were a lot bigger than I was, but I didn't like to cut. But that's a story for another day. <laughs> I thought you were at one seventy one. Yeah, no, my my sophomore year is one seventy one. Then my yeah. last two years, I could have made seventy one, but I really. I cut weight my freshman year to 160 to be in the varsity lineup, and I just I hated my life. That ain't for me. <laughs> no, yeah, that was it. I hate. I was like, here I am. I'm basically having grapefruit, skim milk, and uh, what was it? Yeah, it was skim milk and grapefruit. I wasn't drinking any water, and I was just nutrition wise. I was just right. I just wasn't very good. I didn't know how to properly do it. And um, the only way I was able to do it was when our 71 pounder dropped to 60. So I stayed at 71 for a little bit my freshman year and then dropped back down. It was a lot easier. But I said, after that, I said, I'm strong enough. I'm athletic enough. I don't need to, to cut the weight. Right. Like if somebody's going to beat me, they better be just a better wrestler. Cause I can't make an excuse. Well, they're too big or they're too strong. Cause I'm just as strong as some of those seven or 89 pounders. And, you know, I think it served me pretty well. And even in college, I didn't really cut weight. I mean, yeah, I think it worked yeah. out for you. <laughs> yeah, it worked out really nice. So. <laughs> got my little all-state medal. So, but um, <laughs> so you, and, and you coach Devin Schroeder, who who just finished up his college career, and and always a fun guy to watch. And I, his that Easton tilt is a thing of beauty. Like, is was there always an emphasis on tilts to break matches for you guys? Every single day, we have five variations we ran called the Easton Tech Drill. So we get the Easton locked up, you know, tight waist chop, cross wrist, yep. which was really actually more important than the turn. Um, but tight waist chop, cross wrist, and then the partner would respond in five different ways. And we would get our Easton no matter how he responded. So no matter how you reacted to it, we were getting to it. 
And the funny thing is, we still didn't know what we know now after watching guys like Spencer Lee. So it's mm-hmm. like, man, imagine how deadly he would have been if we would have known that back then. You know, like a lot of the punching the chicken wing halves and stuff like that. Like Devin was really good at it, man. I think he got really good at it because he was wrestling kids in a room that were bigger than him, Foster Carmen and Cole mm-hmm. and me and stuff like that. And I'm not gonna let him get it unless he really does it well. And he would yeah. he would break me in half sometimes with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think the next time I, I get into uh coaching high school again, that's one that I would like to I gotta find a person that is good at that to teach that to make that system of turns. Um because I never was a I never was a big tilt guy, so it's like to me, I'm like I really kind of like because you never you're never really in danger. No, especially if you have good grip, you're not. Yeah, you know, a lot of kids. I think there's I've seen it taught a few different ways, and it's like really confusing sometimes. Um, JJ and I teach it the same, you know, running your feet, not just flipping over. Yeah. But yeah, I I love it. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a great thing to focus on because getting to your cross wrist, there's so many different things you can do from there. You know, we mm-hmm. show up at Michigan Grappler RTC, we show cross wrist, you know, head stack, cradle, bundle, marshal, that kind of stuff, you know, but Easton is in there. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite turns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I was, was got to become a tilt guy. Um, so now you've been with GRCC and I heard recently that you're, you're the head coach now. I am. I am. Uh, a couple months ago, I accepted the job. I just haven't announced it publicly yet, but. I don't know if I ever will announce it, I guess, per se, but well, yeah, by the I'm time excited. this podcast will be out, you'll, you'll are, <laughs> yeah, so. it'll be all be out in the open. Yes. By November, when I drop season three <laughs> debut episode. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm up, um, man. We're working on schedule right now. It's a mm-hmm. lot. It's a lot. Um, but our athletic director here at Grand Apis Catholic Central, Trevor Hinshaw, he's an incredible guy. I mean, I, for, in my interview, I think I talked to them for like an hour and a half. In our interview and we, we're on the same page with everything and he gives us a lot of support um and the other coaches at cc that i've been able to talk with especially the football coach they love wrestling you know mm-hmm. and they saw what we did with grand rapids wrestling academy up at catholic central and they're excited for it you know um we're just excited to bring in some new blood i'm really excited i think bj schroeder taught me a lot helped me mature and mm-hmm. prepared me for the position as far as my character and my, my demeanor and my tone, especially at tournaments and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have some ideas, you know, I have some things I want to try out this year and we're going to be talented. So I'm pretty excited. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, the best advice I can give you is one I got from a, from a guy I trust a lot. He said, you respect the past, but you really have to make it your own. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be the previous coach. You have to be yourself. And uh, I'm sure you'll do an amazing job. You've done an amazing job as assistant coach. So it's obviously the next ascension to, to the next part. So tell me really the what are the functions or the role when you are the assistant coach? What do you think that they their role is in the program? Um, like for what do I what was my role as the assistant or what, what do I think the role of is of an assistant is? What do you think the role of an assistant is? Um, I think that's divine that can be defined by a lot. By the coach only by the head coach i really do think i think what it really needs to be is a partnership you know it does need to be a partnership you need to be on the same page but i think the role of the assistant coach is a lot of day-to-day a lot of helping helping manage emotions um helping me manage the kids and also <laughs> like with our, our assistant this year i'm like i'm just going to need some help with some admin stuff and sharing the responsibility a little bit but nothing too crazy 
Um, but I think the role is just to be a partner in this whole thing. Like mm-hmm. there needs to be a trust level there that even if I'm not in the room, he knows exactly where we're going and what we're doing and he can hold things up, you know, but also, you know, at the same time, I want an assistant that is also willing to, to challenge me on some things, you know, especially in, in a private space, you know, say, Hey, what do you think about this? Cause I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I really don't. And uh, especially in my first year, I think the role of the assistant is going to be to, to, you know, help me share the responsibility and, and help me develop all these kids, man, especially the young ones. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cause development is the key for any, for any program it is. and building yeah. relationships, you know, that's the biggest thing. And I found that out through youth wrestling. You know, if I, if these kids don't have a relationship with me in some way outside of just being big, tough head coach guy, they're not going to listen to me, you know? And I figured that out at Catholic central last year, first half of the year, a lot of kids didn't really know me that well. And I ran every single practice almost the entire year by myself. Mm-hmm. And the first half of the year was tough and I was frustrated. And then I kind of calmed down and tried to build relationships a little more. And all of a sudden we started getting better. And I was like, man, I was just like, I don't know why I didn't just start off with that at the beginning of the year, you know, but now we have a group of kids that I do have a relationship built with. So mm-hmm. um, just continuing to do that, continuing right. to build relationships and, and see what happens, build some numbers up. Well, uh, a teacher saying is that uh, kids won't know, won't care what you know until they know that you care type of deal. Exactly. They, they they want that relationship piece. Anytime you're working with young people in general, the relationship piece is uh, is the big key. I think about you talked about your uh, coach, Ryan Hart, and the relationship that you have had with him. I think about my wrestling coach. I had three wrestling coaches from uh, Randy Heiser, who was the one that got me into the sport and Dan Cruz and Mark Jinx. And I talked to Mark Jinx and that, that, that's my guy. Um, but that relationship being vulnerable and being available for kids because they, uh, kids will break your heart, but they'll also make you the happiest you've ever been. So. Absolutely. All the, all ranges of emotions. <laughs> yeah. All range of emotions. So <laughs> Sometimes in the same day. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, trust me. All the years, I, could, I could write a book, Coaching 101 by Isaiah Thomas and, and some of the things. So not just the kids, the parents, too. They can always – they're always fun. But um, oh, I, yeah. I leave you with this, Kyle. This is my last question. Mm-hmm. What is your advice to those coaches that are – those young coaches that are like, man, I am ready to be the head of a program. What would you tell them? Um, I would tell them to get themselves involved with whatever program they want to be involved with at the ground level and see what it's like. And just, you know, as far as I'm concerned, um, I have been coaching high school wrestling for since 2011, I think at Sparta. And I just now feel like I'm ready for it, mm-hmm. you know, cause everyone wants to go in there and they want to be coach and they want to give their ideas, but I don't think they understand all of the other things that come with being a head coach. There's a lot sure. like I, and more than I figured, Oh, there's a lot, you know, but there's a lot, <laughs> like a lot more than what I thought, especially to get started, you know, but people just need to understand that it's a big undertaking, no matter what, at whatever school you go to, you're responsible now for these kids and their experience mm-hmm. and their character development. It's a big responsibility. So make sure that this is something you want to do, you know, because if it doesn't go well, it's not gonna, It's not just not going well for you. It's not going well for anyone else at the program. You know, and I think you owe it to these kids to 
to have a somebody that is in the you know right mind space and is ready for it to take over you know and i wasn't ready until this year i'm glad that bj you know i could have went another year under him even i think <laughs> but, you know but you're not just going to be the guy running practice and calling all the shots there's a lot more to it so um but i, I would have people join programs see what it's all about ask questions you know figure it out <laughs> well said well said i i appreciate it. i mean one of the things i put this podcast together is to hear all these different voices and and, and ideas and to understand that wrestling's unique that we if you have a question we're gonna help you we're not one of those like no i'm keeping all this to myself like you don't work that way <laughs> no man, um man. you know I, I i look forward to seeing my wrestling buddies and talking shop so to speak about philosophy and team building and, and team bonding basically and, and, and getting past what, what we understand as wrestling, we all want to win, but at the same time, we want to set that kid up for life for the next 50 or 60 years, um, that they become a productive citizen of society, and that they are doing great things to motivate others to right. be great. That's right. I love so. it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Kyle, man. it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate uh, having you on here and sharing your story. And uh, good luck to you and the GRCC Cougars, right? Yep. yep. Thanks, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Come say hi to me if you see me as you're on this year. I will, Kyle. Take care. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Yep. Thank you for listening to the Coach T Podcast by my dad.